You are listening to the Anna Brandt Podcast for the year 2021. Anna Brandt has been a professional photographer for over 20 years and has taught worldwide in over 32 countries. She took a break from podcasting this past year, but she is back now better than ever ready to inspire and motivate you. My name is Ava Brandt, and I'm happy to welcome you to my mom's podcast channel. We hope you subscribe and stick around. Today, we're going to be talking about anxiety and the role that it plays in our lives. I think about this all the time because I, like many people, have a lot of anxiety. I mean, we all have it, right? And you may think, Anna, but you do so much. How do you have anxiety? Well, just because I do so much, it doesn't mean I don't have anxiety. And I don't think that anybody in the world is able to escape anxiety. It's just a part of life. And what is anxiety? It's kind of can go along with fear, right? But it's it's the worrying. It's the trying to make sure that we know what the outcome is going to be. So if you're anxious about something, you may be anxious. It could be anything from missing a flight to getting somewhere on time to if you're pregnant, is the baby going to be okay? And you know, too much anxiety can bring upon stress. And so if you're pregnant and you're anxious, especially if you've suffered a miscarriage or a loss, you know, the doctor's going to tell you, you have to relax because you want a healthy baby. But try telling that to a woman who's had any kind of a loss. I'm a mother of three, but I suffered a miscarriage after my son. And it was called a missed miscarriage, which means I was 12 weeks pregnant. And I remember going into that appointment and looking at the ultrasound and there was no little peanut there. It was just empty. Now, I knew something was wrong. I felt my body, I didn't really feel growth. I think that's the only way I could explain it. I didn't really feel that there was a human being inside of me. I felt very empty, but I thought it was just my imagination, right? Why would I feel that way? So when I went to this appointment, it was actually the only OB appointment that I went to ever by myself. And that particular day, when I saw the screen, I was like, well, where, where is the baby? What's going on? And you know that something's wrong when they say, well, the doctor will talk to you in their office, go ahead and get dressed. So if you're going to get dressed and go into the doctor's office, it's probably not a good sign. Well, when I went in there, she had explained that while my placenta was growing, the baby never grew. And it was called the missed miscarriage, meaning my body was doing all the things that it was supposed to be doing, but missing the baby part. And I remember, you know, driving and crying the whole way home and not wanting to go home because my babysitter at the time, who was watching my son, was pregnant herself. And so at the time, I met my then husband at a restaurant and talked for a little bit before I could go home and face my babysitter because I didn't want my loss to kind of reflect onto her. And over the upcoming days, uh, my body did what most bodies do and, and got rid of the rest of the pregnancy that wasn't there. Unfortunately, my babysitter ended up miscarrying, I think about a month or so afterwards. It was definitely not a good time to be in my house. The anxiety was overwhelming. And I had already had a boy and I was really worried that I would never have a girl. And I was worried that I had missed my opportunity. And then I also felt really frustrated that I had lost three months of my life. Like, what was that for, right? So when I was pregnant again, 
I was very anxious. And I remember the doctor saying, well, why are you so anxious? And I would say, well, because, you know, I miscarried and, you know, I just want to make sure it's, it's, you know, everything's okay. I don't want to go through this again. But then they tell you, you can't get stressed out because your anxiety could cause, you know, a miscarriage. Now, anxiety didn't cause the first miscarriage, but what if it would cause the, the next? Well, to make a long story short, I ended up having a beautiful, healthy baby girl, Olivia, who's now 18. But when I was pregnant the third time, I was even more anxious because many people had told me that if I miscarried once, I may miscarry again. And I had a new doctor at the time. And the doctor that I had with Olivia, uh, with Ava, excuse me, is now the same doctor that I have an OB display in with 16 years later. Shortly after meeting me and taking care of me, she asked if I wanted to hang my work in her office. And my, I have over 40 or 50 canvases in that office and I've had them for 16 years. We've replaced them several times over the years and I'm getting ready to replace them again. She's a phenomenal doctor in Newport Beach, California. And my whole pregnancy, I would tell her I was just worried. And she would be like, Anna, you don't need to be worried. And she would just be very confident. And when I came in, she would talk about my photography. She would kind of talk about everything but my pregnancy to the point where I would say, is everything still okay? Am I measuring okay? And she'd be like, you're fine, you're fine. Because she didn't want me to be anxious and she wanted me to relax and trust the process. And she delivered a beautiful, healthy baby girl, Ava. I do say all the time that I asked God for one girl and he blessed me with two. So when I think about anxiety, I think about the role that it plays and how we kind of feed into anxiety. We can make it an excuse for not doing things, not just when it relates to pregnancy or things like that, but let's talk about work and let's talk about all the things that make you anxious or give you anxiety for whatever reason that you avoid doing. It could be if you're a photographer like I am working in a home studio and you really want a retail studio, but the anxiety can be so overwhelming that you think, I'm not going to make enough money. I'm not going to have enough clientele. I'm not going to be able to afford it. So we end up talking ourselves right out of it because the anxiety is so overwhelming that we end up making excuses for ourselves of why something's not going to work and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and then nothing works and we're still in our home. And it can go to so many other areas of our life. If you do in-person sales in the photography world, where you sit down with a client and go over the photos, just the sheer anxiety of having to sit next to a client while they critique your photos can be overwhelming. I've done it for years. And sitting next to a client who may be not as happy as you thought they would be with photos is not very fun. But I think it's the best way to learn about ourselves and our crafts. We want the client to tell us to our face in person, hey, I don't like this or I don't like that. Trust me, over the years, I've had many, 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 many clients tell me what they liked and didn't like about the photography session. Maybe sometimes it was my fault and maybe sometimes it wasn't my fault. And I could, I could fill a book of all the reasons why clients may have not liked an image, just like I can fill a book of how many times they did like an image. But sitting down with a client and having to hear that and go over with them isn't really feel that you know great. And so the anxiety can be so overwhelming that a lot of photographers say, I don't want to do in-person sales. I don't want to force people to buy something. I don't want to sit there and hear what they have to say about it. I just want them to buy one thing and then just get their images and just go so I don't have to talk to them again. And so if you're doing that, you may say, well, Anna, I'm doing that, but it's not based on anxiety. It's not based on fear. It's just a business choice. And that's okay. 
you have to make sure that you don't allow anxiety to take over you in a way that it affects who you are, the business you're, you're going to run, and your life's choices. We have to make sure that anxiety doesn't become a reason for an excuse because we can get so overwhelmed with flying. You know, we don't want to get on a plane or COVID is, you know, can bring a lot of anxiety. We don't want to get sick and then we don't want to miss our flight. And, and what happens if the plane goes down? And, you know, and we can just keep going and keep going and keep going. And by the time you're done, who wants to get on a plane, right? But anxiety is part of our life. And we have to tell ourselves that everybody has anxiety. Everybody has fear. There is not a person on this earth that can avoid either one of those. I think the difference between successful people is that they don't allow anxiety or fear to take over the choices that they need to make in their life. As it relates to the photography studio, whether you want to get a studio, whether you want to raise your prices, maybe you need to say no to a client. Maybe you don't want to have an in-person sales appointment. Whatever those things are, make sure that you're making those decisions based on specific reasons that are not brought upon by fear or anxiety, right? We need to take risks. Otherwise, how do we really know what we can achieve? You know, let's look at our life now. Are you content with your life? Are you happy with the person you're with? Are you happy with your business? Are you happy with the money that you're making? Are you happy with the behavior of your children and the friendships that you have? If you're not, are you willing to make the changes that it takes to adjust any of those things? Or is the anxiety so overwhelming that you'd rather just be content with the way things are? You know, I think that many times what we're doing at a particular moment, we know we can do. That's why we're doing it, right? When I started doing photography, I just wanted to do photography. I didn't want anyone to know my name. That wasn't even a thought in my head, actually, that anyone would even know my name. It wasn't a thought in my head that I would have a YouTube channel with millions of views that never crossed my head. I never crossed my head that I would even ever have a celebrity client. I just wanted to do the work that I loved and I loved photography. And every time I would master something, I would immediately go, what else can I do? And originally I was uh, natural light and then I went to studio light and originally I was out of my home and then I went to a studio and each one of those steps brought upon a ton of anxiety. I remember going from film to digital. I was so paranoid. I had so much anxiety. I would shoot with both cameras. I would shoot with film and I'd shoot with digital. I literally during this session would have two cameras sitting next to each other. If you notice a lot of wedding photographers do that, right? They have two cameras on their body. Many times it's a backup. Many times it's different focal lengths on the lenses. Maybe one's a prime lens, one's a range. I mean, there's a million different reasons to do that. You know, now cameras have two cards, so you have a backup, you know, but there's many reasons to do that because it's your safety net. And it saved me so many times. Even when I went medium format, when I was film, I was first 35 millimeter. When I went to medium format, I was absolutely terrified. I mean, terrified. I would shoot with both cameras. And then once I went from film to digital, I would shoot with a film camera and a digital camera. Well, one of the times that I was shooting medium format, I made a mistake in that the shutter was higher than this, the sync speed would allow for a light. So if you're shooting studio light, most lights, you have to be at a shutter of 200 or less. And if you're higher, you'll get a black bar on the bottom of your image. This is something that no one tells you about until you do it. And you go, what's this black bar in my image? And then someone tells you. That's what I found in my experience. 
And in almost every single workshop I have, a student will do it and I'll tell them. It's not something, it's, it's there on the internet and in, in books, but it's, it's one of those photography things that you don't really know about it until you experience it. Because if I were to tell you, if you're a new photographer, oh, make sure your sync speed is never more than 200 because that's the, what the light allows, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you wouldn't really think of it. Well, my shutter changed to 250 and I had a black bar and I was shooting six month Asian twins. They're all lined up. Their bums are all lined up. So that black bar, guess what's happening? It's going right across those three bums. Thankfully, I had a ton of anxiety and I was shooting with two cameras. So when I looked at the film later, the 35 millimeter was fine, but the medium format was pretty much garbage because the black line was unfortunately covering too much of the frame. Two mistakes. One, the bums were too close to the edge of the frame. I should have allowed more room. And second, my sync speed was off. So here's an area where my anxiety was my saving grace. Thank God I listened to my gut that I was unsure of my technical ability and I had a backup plan. So if anxiety does kind of overwhelm you, you need a backup plan. Maybe you need an assistant. Maybe, you know, it's like um, people bring their animals as support animals. Maybe you need to have a support animal. That's why people have support animals. It could be for anxiety. It could be for fear. It could be if they don't hear very well or they don't see very well. You know, same thing with having assistance. Having an assistant is a great way to relieve anxiety because I know myself, especially if I'm on location, I'll do stupid things. I'll forget a battery. I'll forget the diffuser. I'll, I don't even know. I could give you 5,000 things that I forget to do on a daily basis. And so if I'm around other team members, they could be like, hey, Anna, dot, dot, dot. Do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have this? And I write everything down and I still tell people and I still forget things. So, you know, anxiety, it's not that it's a bad thing. I think that sometimes having anxiety is a way of prepping yourself for, for just preparing yourself for what's going to come. And so if you walk around like, I have no anxiety, I have no fear, everything's gonna be all right all the time. You're probably kidding yourself. I mean, if you're that confident, my hat's off to you. But it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It can actually help you be more prepared. I'm a Virgo. I'm super type A. I like to write things down. I like to have lists. I like things in order. I'm definitely, you know, my, my, um, I critique myself more than anybody else. And I'm always worrying, but I don't allow that to kind of take over my life. I don't allow the anxiety to take over my life. You know, I was asked to teach in Brazil years ago. I mean, this is probably like, I don't even know, seven, eight years ago. Brazil was one of the first countries. Actually, Brazil was the first country I went to speak internationally. And I was terrified. I turned him down for two years. I turned him down for two reasons. One is that my daughter at the time was competing in dance and her competition happened to fall on the weekend of their conference, this photography conference. And I could not miss my daughter's dance competition. And this happened two years in a row. And Finally, by the third year, I was like, okay, I can make this conference. But I was, had so much anxiety because people told me, oh, Brazil is so dangerous. And, you know, you're crazy to be going international by yourself. And I was like, yeah, I'm totally crazy. So I remember calling my sister, freaking out that I said yes to this conference, but I just wasn't comfortable. I don't speak Portuguese. My sister's a Spanish teacher in New York. She said she would fly from New York and we would both meet in Sao Paulo airport. So she was flying from New York. I was flying from, Ca from California. And the whole way in the car ride, I was texting her like, Lisa, I'm going to turn around. Lisa, I don't want to go. I can't do this. I can't do this. I was literally 
not going to go. And she was already in round. She's like, you have to go because I'm already going. And she prayed with me. She would send me scriptures. And she was like, we got this. We can do this. It was one of the best trips we've ever had. We still talk about it. I don't even remember how many years ago this was. And it was amazing. The people of Brazil welcomed me. It was super safe. They escorted me everywhere. It was amazing. And I think since then I've been to Brazil five, six, seven times. I've literally lost count. I could have allowed my anxiety to overwhelm me. I could have allowed it to take over so that I didn't say yes. And I would have missed out on a huge opportunity in my career because that speaking engagement has allowed me to be more comfortable. And like I said, I've literally spoken in over 32 countries and I've been to many places by myself. I have to commend the people that ask me to speak because they're always very kind and courteous and always take such good care of me. And it's nice to have that. You need a support team. So whatever you're doing, if the anxiety is just so overwhelming, look around and see where can I get support, whether it's an assistant, whether it's somebody outside of your family, maybe it's somebody you just need to talk to, a mentor, just somebody that can say, these are the tools that you need and these are the tips and steps to focus on allowing your brain to prepare yourself for what is to come. We need to take risks. Otherwise, how do we know what we can really achieve? Doing the same thing that we do every single day, that's comfortable, right? We get in a routine. Oh, we got this. We we get our lighting down, our setup, our schedule. And next thing you know, years go by and we're doing the same thing. So we need to mix it up. We need to change our camera, our gear. If you're not in photography, Look at your life and how can this apply to you? What are you doing that's the same over and over and over again that you can do with your eyes closed? If you're at that point in your career, even if you're just at home taking care of the kids and you feel like you're just kind of doing the same thing every day, how can you mix it up? Take them on a field trip, start journaling. What can we do that's different? Because otherwise, how are we kind of going beyond what we know we can do? If I allowed anxiety or fear to take over, I would have never experienced some of the most amazing things I've experienced over the years. I've met people all over the world and I would have never experienced that if I allowed anxiety to take over. So my wish for you today is that you look at your life, whether it's your business life, your professional life, think about all the things you're doing that work. And now think about all the things that maybe you're not doing because anxiety or fear are stopping you. And take five minutes and write it down and say, I am not doing this because of this. And write it down and think about it. Whether you're spiritual or not, whether you pray or not, whether you meditate or not, just take five minutes of quiet time and to sit down and think about it. And then say tomorrow, what can I do different? How can I tackle one thing that maybe is holding me back from not doing it because of anxiety or fear? And I promise you, when you make that one tiny change, the rest of the changes that you need to make will become easier and easier. I'm Anna Brandt. Thanks for listening. Did you like this podcast? We would love it if you gave my mom a kind review and reach out to her. To learn more about Anna, visit AnnaBrant.com. You can find out about her education opportunities at AnnaBrantEducation.com.